Happy Halloween! Date Fright Part 2! Here we are, we're back! The Spookwo! And other such things. Now, this is a very British Halloween uh, podcast. Is it? So we have taken the batteries out of the doorbell. Oh, we've, yes. We've yes. closed the curtains and we've we're turned the lights off. We're pretending that we're not in. Yes. Because we're really rubbish at trick or treating people. But, anyway. <laughs> you have a film that we I have a watch. film I have a film I thought I knew what this was going to be because you've been mentioning a film all year and I'm not convinced that this, I, well I know oh, for really? a fact yes okay that, no, I, I thought it was really obvious I thought it was really obvious but now you think that I might have changed my mind or something no, no well you've been mentioning a film all year that we were going to watch have I and I'm pretty certain this isn't going to be it okay um, so I'm going to give you some clues as to the film. Yes. See, people who will listen to this will already know what the film is because they'll see it on the title of the thing. So yeah, I'm always quite aware of that. Humour me. Okay. So um, we're going to the moors. We might be visiting the slaughtered lamb. Okay. Right. <laughs> There's going to be a rude film somewhere along the way. Oh, I can so talk about see you next Wednesday. You can. Oh, I love, yeah. I've, okay. got a, I've got a t-shirt with that on. Uh, so yeah, we're watching An American Werewolf in London, which I often just call Amer- American Werewolf in London, but the full title is An American Werewolf in London. I mean, that's tenuous. Like, that, what do you, you mean don't tenuous? need to hit Anne. No, you, you, do, you do when you when we watch it, because Jenny Agatha, Dame Jenny, mentions something else in the film that has... Anne at the front of it, and that's clearly a reference to the title. And yeah, so I was thinking about this before. I was like, why do I always get the Anne off? And I was going to say, oh, I don't need the Anne, but actually, it does make sense within the film. Anyway, Mark, An American Wealth in London, 1981, John Landis, a film that has remained with me all of my life. I saw it when I was very, very young, like stupidly young. I saw this film. And then it stayed with me. I had nightmares about it, which only later on in life I realised had come directly from the film. So I'd have these nightmares. And then when I watched it later in life, I it, it just became so apparent that the nightmare was based on a scene in, in that film. Okay. A scene that's like stayed stayed with me forever. A scene that you may have tweeted about <laughs> yes. the last couple of days. So uh... Yeah, Film 4 tweeted, um, they asked for like your biggest like shock scares what are they called when someone jump um scares. jump scares that's them and loads of people were doing the exorcist three scare which i've never uh, seen exorcist it also involves a nurse weirdly and i knew straight away which my biggest jump scare of all time and when we watch the film tonight i won't be able to watch the bit where it happens even though i've seen it hundreds and hundreds of times and genuinely i have seen this film a significant amount of times because it weirdly particularly when I was single um particularly when I was on my own in the house it became a sort of film that I would chuck on in the background now this is really odd for me like, I know I'm like, gonna go into a bit of psychology this is really strange for me because anyone who's listened to the podcast before will know that I am just a complete weakling when it comes to horror yeah I hate horror I don't like anything. I like if it was to do with a ghost. I don't think I'd be touching it. I find um, that whole idea of the build-up of like spooky times and foreboding. I that psychological. I find really really hard. As mentioned in our Ready or Not podcast yes. that we put out last time, 
anything where there's this like host is what I'm thinking about anywhere where we know something's going to happen if we're building up to it I just can't cope with that pressure I can't cope with the idea that something's going to occur at some point in time so an American werewolf in London you would think that it wouldn't be my sort of film but I think because I saw it so young and what happened was that I then saw off the back of it I then saw the making of Michael Jackson's thriller and Thriller was um, directed and produced by John Landis. And I, again, very, very young, remembering at the time, watching Michael Jackson being directed by John Landis, John Landis talking about the prosthetics and the makeup, Mm. and showing you how he made the Thriller video. And that, for me, sparked this whole world of critical analysis of film which has stayed with me all my life. Obviously, I've not gone into it professionally. We are doing this as our like favorite favorite thing. You're not making any money. I'm not making any money. I've never written about it. I've never gone down that route. I wish I had. But it it just as a child, isn't it strange how something that like you're terrified of just stays with you, but also there's like this lovely circular thing of now I'm talking about it on the podcast and it's. Analyzing film is something I really love to do, so I think that's kind of co- it comes with so much baggage. This film. I think the problem with you is. <laughs> Here we go. That's a sentence, isn't it? You're scared of being scared. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. I think with horror, you need to embrace being scared. Mm-hmm. Like I went to see Smile recently, and to be honest, it's not really that scary at all. The scariest bits in like the trailer, and that's really that trailer the trailer was terrifying. But yeah, like you. That's the joy of being scared, whereas you mm. are not up for that. I don't find any joy in being scared. It'll like keep me up all night. But but then, going back to this film, this will not keep me up. To let, there'll be bits in it where I'll go, oh, no, no, don't like that. But it will not keep me up. And I think it might be the horror comedy element of it. Yeah. The, and the setting mm. and the Landis humour. Yeah. I, I very much, I thought it was a good sort of companion to Ready or Not because both could be described as horror comedy. Okay. What's your background with An American Werewolf in London? Okay. Well, I first saw this like late 2000s um, when I was doing a bit of a film rewatch living in a house with Neil. Hello, Neil. Hello, Neil. Which you probably are. Um, So going back, I had what I thought was the American Werewolf in London game on my ZX Spectrum. (laughs) I have only recently realised it's a massive rip-off game. It's called Werewolves of London. Oh, and really? It's, yeah, and it's not any part of the um, <laughs> of the franchise Does it have all. the song? <laughs> I don't know. I wish I knew. Like, yeah. the Warren Seafon song. Yeah. Oh, I love that song. But, yeah. I So, I, I've only seen this the once. Mm-hmm. And I was blown away when I saw it. Like, mm-hmm. it was... I mean, I love John Landis. Like, one of my favourite films growing up was Coming to America... Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm I'm a sucker for John Landis, like mm-hmm. any film of his, but, yeah. Um, I'm fascinated as, as to your reaction to this and what you think of it. And certainly, obviously, it's a film from the early 80s. Mm-hmm. How is how does it stand up today? The acting, the performances, the references that people now make, you know, referring back to it. I think it, I'm really, really looking forward to you telling me but this what is, you think about this it. This film hasn't stayed with me at all. Mm. Like, I've just... Yeah, I just, I watched it, I enjoyed it, but I've never actually done anything. Oh, look, I found I found the cover of Werewolves of London. <laughs> oh, is... is it not showing me it now? Yeah, um, okay, interesting. Yeah, it, it looks 
very sort of shit. Yes, that is the word I'm looking for. That, so, you're I, mean, right. I, I don't even know what the point of it was. It was one of those games mm. where you like you started playing it, and I don't really understood what was. You had to mm. go in the sewers, uh, probably the London Underground at one point, and okay. walk along the lines. Right. There was like uh, all I remember is you had to get you had to go into the sewers at one point, definitely because you had to get a hook to open up the street like the street zone yeah but there was like the man the pothole the manhole Mm -hmm. um but there was also a long time where you were just walking around a park and i don't really (laughs) understand what i was doing with that but yeah you had to kill people obviously Mm, yeah 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 yeah. um but yes no clue i just might just download it again and play it (laughs) see what 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 it does yeah but no i i really enjoyed this first time i watched Mm -hmm. it um couldn't tell you much about it other than we go to the slaughtered lamb. Yeah. Rick Mail and like the best pub ever. Um, who's the guy? Who's oh, it's um, Glover. Bla- Brian Glover. Brian Glover. That's it. Yeah. Fam- famous rest- famous I wrestler. I know. I was saying wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kermit the Frog pops up at one point in time. I don't know if you know that. Uh, the guy who plays Kermit the Frog, he's in it. Who plays Kermit the Frog? I can't remember his name now. <laughs> but the person who does the voice of Kermit the Frog, or yeah, at least did. Frank Oz. That's him. That's, that's him. Not yeah. Kermit the Frog. Oh, that's that Gonzo. Oh right. Okay. I've, and I've... Yoda, more famously. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, so and the Miss Piggy. Like the... Yeah, what, sorry, I'm... he plays Miss Piggy. I'm trying to say it's like there's some random cameo. Yeah. Yes. And and Landis is in it. Landis is in one of the scenes as well. And mm. spoilers for uh, for American Werewolf in London. But I think that I used to um, watch it with the director's commentary on, and it it became this like really like this thing that made me feel happy. You know, like some people would stick. I don't know enchanted on or I don't know what other people's comfort films are mine clearly is American Werewolf in London but that's what I would have and I would have the director's commentary on and I would learn things about you know the fact that they weren't really on the moors and the stuff like that that just re- really stayed with me and those strange characters that you meet as you go along yeah. so yeah I've, I've been wanting to do this for a really really long time I really hope that I remember fun like fun facts once we watch the film and we talk about it because at one point I thought god I could write a book on this but yeah, I'm really excited to have your opinion, even if it's all like wildly off mine, even if you just think, oh, you know, there's this wrong with it and this, that. I just want to talk about it. I've ha- and I haven't had the opportunity to do that for a very long time. So I'm excited. And maybe next year we'll do Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yes. <laughs> that is the one that I've been threatening, haven't I? For, yeah. Yes. Since we started this. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. 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 Maybe next year. Right. Well, let's, let's get watching it and yep. then we'll see you on the other side. See you later. Do you feel the bad moon rising? <laughs> I've spent the last five minutes just thinking of other songs that would be <laughs> featured on this if um, if it was remade today. And what would you think? I'd be flying to the moon and back oh, if you be. Oh, very nice, yeah. A little bit of Savage Garden. Um, we've been to Button Moon. <laughs> 
everyone following Mr. Spoon? Yeah, and wow. then I thought everyone's gone to the moon, but then I remembered that's by someone who we don't mention anymore. Oh, so, really? Um, okay. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So that, thus that, the game ended. I understand there's a lot of dark humour in this, but maybe not too dark. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Oh, did you? And oh, I'm so pleased. I had very little memory of this, as it mm. turns out. So I obviously remember that it started off with a, like a set piece in on the North Yorkshire Moors with the slaughtered lamb with Brian Glover and Rick Mail. And then I knew that it went down to London. But in my mind, it was like a. There was the two lads were there all the way through. Okay. Not in undead form. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I, I, I don't quite know what I remembered and what I didn't remember. But yeah, it was. This is a far lighter film than I remembered. I mean, this is very much. On the borderline of comedy. Yeah, very it's, it's much closer so. to comedy than I remember. Very much so. Yeah. Although there's some real horrific sights in there, you know it is. It is final act thing when we actually see a werewolf for the first time. I guess we're probably three quarters of the way through. Well, probably an hour of the way we're through. Hour in. Yeah, yeah, it hits an hour. Um and yeah, and very light touch with the actual visuals of it. It certainly at first, it, then it gets a little bit further and a little bit further. But I can really understand why you like this. Um, and yeah, I think it's an excellent film, and see why it's gone down. I mean, I love Landis anyway, mm-hmm. uh, but this is one which I've got a bit of a blind spot on. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah. And I haven't seen any of his other films. This is this is it. What? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I we've seen Coming to America. I'm oh, sure. have we? Yeah, yeah, we have. Yeah, so it's that and Coming to America. But I haven't gone for his other films because what I love about this one is the, the darkness of the humour. I think there's there's a real mash of sex and death and gore and humour and that mix of it has always been attractive to me. Okay. Probably because I saw it much younger than I should have done. Yeah. And I, I think all of those things when you're younger, mm. it they kind of like your little sparks in your brain are going off of like, wow, this is like the first time I'm seeing this. This is the first time I'm seeing that. Mm. What does that mean? I don't really understand it. And as you get older, obviously you can recontextualize it, particularly bits where Landis is um, bringing Nazi imagery into some of the... Um, yeah, that came the, out of nowhere the points. for me. So we could like go into that a bit Before a bit we go later. on, so yeah, just yeah. for anyone who's never seen this, which, mm-hmm. I mean, someone mm-hmm. must be, because I... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is a story of two American students who are travelling around England before they head on to Italy. They start, for some reason, for some in reason. the North Yorkshire Moors. Yeah, Northern England first, he says. Yes, yeah, then Northern Italy. England first. Yeah, that's not the way I'd do it, but <laughs> yeah... Uh, yeah. Flew into Leeds Bradford and uh, just uh, <laughs> left it there. Um, they go into a pub where you find the typical, stereotypical pool ball well, stuff rolling. Well, it's become that now. That, I mean, this is where I think a lot of that comes from. The you know the you walk in somewhere, everyone stops. Are you welcome or you're not? We don't like outsiders here. I always pull that back to American Wealth in London. Do you think it goes back further? Yes, I mean, like Wicker Man would have been before this. Okay, yeah, I suppose so. Which, mm. yeah, I mean, but that that scene very much reminded me of what's that show? The Third Night was it? Also with Jude Law and. Oh, I understand. Yeah, it was a telly show, and it was it was all about him going to 
like an island or something. It was a, yeah, like yeah. a tidal island. Mm-hmm. And um, you walk and in yeah, somewhere and, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 mm. yeah you're right, it's Any, a trope, it's a stereotype. It's, yeah. The lads aren't necessarily made to feel welcome. Mm-hmm. They go on a little wander. Uh, Through the moors They are told the to beware the moon and beware to stick to the roads. Rats. Neither of which they do. <laughs> They're both attacked. Um, one of them is killed. Mm. And then the other one wakes up in a London hospital trying to understand what has happened. Um, so Jack is killed and his friend David yes. wearing a red gilet, which I always find weird. Oh, it's not a gilet, it's a... It's not um, a gilet, it's like a puffer jacket. It's a puffer jacket, yeah. Oh, it's incredibly it's just got trendy that. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's ahead of his time. But like, I always laugh at that. Like The visual cl- clues, I think, are fantastic in this one. He's just wearing red. Um, and he wakes up in the hospital where Jenny, Ag- Jenny Agatha is his nurse. Staff nurse Price. Lovely Jenny Agatha. Wonderful Jenny. Oh my gosh, she's just amazing. She's the most beautiful. And the, the camera loves her. Sometimes she looks up and it's almost like they've put a little bit of Vaseline on the lens because it's mm. just this glow that, that comes from radiates from her. Um, so yes, she's looking after him. I don't think we need to go any further into sort of the plot or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, she's yeah, looking yeah, after yeah, him yeah, and does. he says... Though it wasn't there, they kept they kept saying you've been attacked by a lunatic, yes. which I I love because obviously the word lunatic comes from Luna, which then is the moon, and there's there's a lot of um, language um, that you can really really dig into. So they keep calling it an escaped lunatic. He says it's not an escaped lunatic. It's um, I was attacked by a, a wolf or an animal, yes. and he persists in these fantasies, and then we're left to think about whether this actually is the case or not and we soon find that out I mean in the title of the film you know like how we criticise like our little yeah. oh, what film are we going to watch Yeah, because it's in the title of the film I mean it's in the title of the film is American Wealth in London yeah yeah but it does it does hold on to it I mean you are right it yeah. does hold on to it for quite a long time and you could you could read it as yes he's had a terrible shock it's a terrible trauma and he's woken up in London he is you know outside of this of his comfort zone, he's not in his home country, he's all alone, his friend is dead, and it's all very different where he is, and he, he is dreaming, he's having these nightmares. So you could think that... Your favourite you know, part of the film. Oh, God, yeah, there was a bit where I couldn't look. There's one bit where I just, I cannot, I cannot watch it, it's just too scary. Because that reminds me of the scene in Lord of the Rings. Yes, which with equally... David Holm... Ian Holm. Ian Holm. Mm. David. Who's David Holm? Well, you probably I've think of David up. because yeah. David's the name of nah, the guy. Nah, I just made him up. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. very similar. It's a, it's a shock. It's a, it's a jump scare. Yeah. And the face changes, and I find that quite creepy. It, and also a little bit exorcisty, mm-hmm. which I know is another f- mm-hmm. horror film that you have a lot of time for. I have a lot of time for it, but it's not one that I would just stick on in the background and enjoy. There's less hor- horror comedy and just more horror. Yeah, okay. In that. And the religious yeah. element of it yeah. I find terrifying. Well, there is a small I was when we were watching this again, I thought, oh, there's a little bit more of a religious element here towards the beginning with the um the villagers talking about, you know, go with God and got got it's in God's hands now and I thought, oh that was interesting. And then later on there's a scene in a graveyard and I thought, oh, yeah. so the little bits were going off in, in my brain but Exorcist obviously is much more um, has much more religious focus given that there are two priests in it funny that yeah, yeah. and Satan um, yeah it's I mean can I make some criticisms you can yeah I'm, yeah. I'm genuinely really interested in what you know your, your analysis I think Jenny Agatha makes some interesting decisions in this film. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She. Yeah. I don't believe that when someone is in the hospital going, "I've just seen my dead friend," and 
I think I'm a werewolf. She'd be like, yeah. can't you come around to mine? It's like a bit of a, mine, it's like like a tickle in a shower. I live alone. You know, yes. There's no one there to help me in case you are mad. Yeah, um, yeah there's something about you. you know, you're American. Yeah. and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's very sex positive, though. I, I really enjoy, like, she's a, a young woman. She's, you know, she's um, doing well in her job. She says, you know, uh, it's quite interesting. She says, I'm just a working girl, you know, and it's all of the, some of the dialogue's a little bit twee. And then they go to the shop and she talks about inflation and how her, her wage can't possibly keep up. And I, I quite like that. I mean, um, it's not entirely, I mean, it's a good job we'll pass that. Yeah, in the yeah, UK, it's, isn't it turns out, you know, 1981, we've really moved on. And then she like brings him back and she's like showing him around the house and she's clearly, she's like saying, I find you very attractive. She's clearly going to have sex with him. And then she goes into like, you know, I've had like seven lovers in my life, three of which are one night stands. And then she kind of stops and says, oh, I'm not quite sure what I'm saying. I don't but think I she quite... needs to go into that. No, I don't. But I, f- I find that quite like, not empowering, but I, f- I find it quite refreshing that think, yes. at that, particularly at that stage. I mean, this, you, you could, <laughs> I'm not going to say this is a feminist film because... You know, in the in the in the second part, you've got you know a, a, a scene in in a porn theater. But is that what you call it? Do you call it a porn theater? I was going to say a porno theater, and I was like, I can't, don't know if I can get away with that. Porno's more American. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, in an, in in the theater, in the theater, um, where people. I mean, I've got some other words I could use. Yeah, you'd insist I get them out of yeah. the podcast. But uh, anyway, yeah. you, everyone knows what I mean. You know, so we can't really say that it's, you know, full of, you know, yay women. And actually, when you look at the other characters that are women, you know, I was in, really interested in It's a reflection of the time, but all of the police were men. And, yeah. yeah. So it was interesting. So, but I really like that scene because she's essentially saying, yeah, I find you very attractive. Yes, you, you might be, um, you know, having some mental health concerns, but I'm, you know, going to bring you back to that and I'm, I'm going to have sex with you and I'm going to be very much in charge of that and that's it's going to be my decision and my and I, I don't know I think that's I think you know you're quite right it's very sex positive I mean mm. I would question their decision I think there's yeah, red flags all over the place I agree and, yeah um, yeah but then she's also got mm-hmm. a flat that you can break into just at two wow, seconds notice in the centre of London like, ground floor flat ground floor flat and he, he so he locks himself out and then He's like trying the windows, and you think, "Oh, you'll never be able to get back in." And then he literally just, lift, just lift it up, lifts, lifts up the, the sash, sash window. window. I mean, it's the easiest thing. It's like with his little finger. Yeah. Um, and no one ever says, "Like, oh, you really should think about locking your windows." I mean, there's also a point where David kisses Alex, which I don't think was necessarily. She is just working as a nurse. And mm, he just mm-hmm. kisses her uninvited, which yeah, I think yeah. would... I mean, Although at the time, I think the film gives you enough you know, to say that she's quite interested. She's buzzing around him quite a lot. She's making excuses to go and sit with him. She's doing this sexy feeding him thing of like... And it's all, it all gets a little bit like, you know, do I, I'm going to have to do this every I time. Pro- if I know? had a problem with it, then I think yeah. it's a problem. <laughs> Look, I'm just putting it out there. Don't we make excuses for the film. <laughs> Is it? Is the name Alex in there? Yeah, yeah. Alex. Also has the weirdest apartment. I love that apartment. I think it really shows you who she is. Apart from you're gonna say the strange deceased relatives photos that, wasn't that are everywhere. What I was talking about. No, no. Why has she got posters of Mickey Mouse and about three different statues of Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck on the mantelpiece? I think that is a reference. So you know you've got um some of the um, you've got references to America throughout. So you've got 
her watching no well he's watching in the in the nightmare that he has they're watching the Muppets, um, the Muppets. is that not just and, a reference to Frank Oz being in this yeah well that, that as well I think it all comes in the round so you know having Mickey Mouse there mm. and then Jack going hi David with Mickey Mouse and, and it always being there I think it's just to remind my, my taking is it's reminding you that he is an Amer- you know he is an American in London and she had taken a maybe maybe it's to say I'm thinking this through or something because she's got um she's got pictures of Cla- um Casablanca the film poster of Casablanca and, and gone with the wind and got with, and maybe that's like telling you you know subconsciously that she loves those old American films and so to have this American young man this attractive American young man in her. Um, her flat is part of like this romantic thing and maybe you know the Mickey Mouse and there's Donald Duck there this love of America I don't know I I would say it's it's more an American cruise idea mm. of what's in the middle because I think there is a point in this um, moving forward there's a point where there is three I mean homeless people showing yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in a scrapyard mm-hmm. and that is a very American view of what a homeless group of homeless people would look like I, around yes, them around yeah, a barrel around a barrel interestingly mm-hmm. the thing mm-hmm. it reminded me of was um, there is a scene in Coming to America where Eddie Murphy gives two homeless guys some money and it turns out as it happens that they are two characters that were in Trading Places, mm-hmm. another John Landis movie. And then I sort of like, oh, shit, it's John Landis. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so obviously the visually it really reminded me of that. And mm-hmm. I thought that was the one point where I thought, this doesn't feel very British. Mm-hmm. But it is, I suppose, I'm, I'm going to defend it, maybe the title is also, this is Landis coming, you know, coming to London, an American, not well, he's not a werewolf. I'm not saying that, but American in London. You know, he is, he did, you know, the, it's, it's so London centric, but then he equally is is an is an American in a different pl- in a different place. I'm just thinking it through. I'm just I'm I'm not defending it in the terms of like saying you're wrong, you're wrong. It's I'm just trying to think through those those arguments. It's clutching a straw. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. So, what do you think this is that really makes you come back to this? Because this, I mean. It's a very well-made film. I think the visual effects are stunning, like, for the time, and obviously very practical. Um, when Jack... Um, J- Jack's a lad who yeah. dies. When Jack revisits, and he's shown at various states of decomposition as he comes back, and I think does the first one looks excellent, mm-hmm. and then it steadily gets better and better, mm-hmm. to the point where, when he's in the... The, the porn theatre, the adults theatre. The adult theatre, that's, yeah, that's yeah. better. He, you know, it, he's just a skeleton and he looks, he, he looks absolutely terrifying and because it's practical, it almost, it reminds me of the visuals of Two-Face in oh, Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah, you're right, with the eye. Which was done with CGI, mm. whereas this is completely practical and I think it mm. really well, so well done. You think for, for, the for, time, the, for the time? For the time mm. and, and probably the budget. I mean, mm. this must have been a high-budget film. Uh, for... Six million. Six million dollars at really? the time. Yeah, I think it made something like 62 million back. Um, yeah, so it, it obviously how, did very well. That's how Landis got his films banked for the next yeah, few years. Yeah. Then, yeah, I mean that that six million really really stretches. Mm. But the other thing is that there is absolutely no foulness whatsoever. Nope. Ninety minutes. You could maybe maybe edit out like a little bit of the like. There's what, a little what, bit where where he's just they're just pissing about in the flat. I think, and the, oh, there from the scene where the the hospital and the I think you could trim about ten minutes out of that and make it. 
Do you I mean are you sort of her going round the corridors and talking to people and faffing on with the with, on the children's ward, for example, that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. There's a kid that only says no. <laughs> Benjamin. Which I, I don't think yeah. plays any part in. The... I think it's trying to take because I was thinking about this. I think it's trying to show you just how lovely Alex is. I think it's a it's a um, a way of telling you about her character in that you know there's one kid that comes up and whacks her on the bum at one point and she just sort of like laughs it off and then she's nice to Benjamin although she some of the dialogue is very much of its time she says something like have you ever been severely beaten around the head and neck and like no one now would say that to a child even in jest you wouldn't say that to a child you say have you ever been tickled then she goes on to tickle him you know have you ever been tickled and something like that but then that scene you see her with Benjamin, and then the camera pans up to the moon. You know, but maybe we didn't. Maybe we didn't need that. I, don't I, know. I think, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think there is an extra ten minutes. You could. There are times where I thought, I just wish this would move on a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you know, like it, for ninety ninety seven minutes, is it all in all? Yeah, when I was thirty seven. Yeah. Yeah. The crack on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah, it's it, it's a really really tight film. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hang about. Um, and I mean, the ending just ends. Yeah, just like just. Yeah. And I think that to answer your question is one of the reasons why I come back to it. It's the dialogue which I love. Like I can quote that dialogue, and mm. there are the darkness of the humour just absolutely hits some part of my brain that just like really really tickles it, and also the fact that you know it, it it's so tight like you say there'd be things that you could take out but it's so tight and it's bleak it's incredibly bleak At the, that ending you know there is no coming back from it jack is dead he is dead she loves him it, i mean it's very quick but it, i i think young people throws of you know this very lustful exciting time in their lives and you can you can almost believe that there there is this this connection between them, and then he's he's just dead. That's it. He's he, just dead. He's on the floor. Yeah. You, you see bullets on him. Yeah. You probably cut to Alex's face, and yeah. then you go bob 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 cut to black. And, and the, the use of away. the music because what you've got really lovely poppy, like you said right at the right at the top of this moon related. Bad Moon, right? You know, um, Creedence Clearwater Revival. You've you've got Blue Moon. You've got three different you know, versions of Blue Moon. All different things, and that, but they're married with when, for example, he's having his nightmares. This um, music by Elmer Bernstein, Bernstein yeah. which is so haunting and so beautiful, and like, this real sense, of this this beauty to it. And when um, Doctor Hirsch is driving to East Proctor as well, it's played there. This this marriage of incredibly dark the curse of the werewolf with pop culture poppy moments and just for me really sharp like i can't think of the words for the dialogue because it's not dazzling dialogue it's just funny i love the way that he sets up the relationship between david and jack and how he's talking about um Oh, is it um Debbie Klein or someone like that? Yes. And you know how he, he she's got it. She's an average it's person, and then all that with a good body or something mm. like that. And you can totally believe that that's what two young guys who were travelling around Europe they would be having that conversation. There is great chemistry between them, and that's why mm. I was kind of shocked that like Jack's off. Yeah. Like after twenty minutes, 
um, yeah, it almost feels like a bit of a high school, like just two mm-hmm. high school guys mm-hmm. pissing about and the uh, thing. But yeah, no, I, I really, really think the script in this is really, really like really sharp. Like you said, this this won in the Oscars. It won for best makeup, so it was Makes Rick sense. Baker's first yeah. um, Academy Award for better. And obviously, went on to do so much. And if you've ever um, so backtrack a bit when I this was one of the first DVDs I ever bought I think it was the 20th anniversary or something like that it was some kind of anniversary it's of 81 it. isn't it's it 81 so, yeah, so it would have been yeah. yeah so yeah that's around about the time because I think I started getting DVDs about 99 um it was one of the first like really expensive DVDs I think it was about like 25 quid or 30 quid or something like that because it was a two um, two discs two disc. yeah. and the second disc had all the making ofs and they showed you all of the Rick Baker you know the the, the, the monster yeah. um, factory and how they did like the hands and then the, and he's on the floor he's like when he flips over when he makes the change into the werewolf and he flips over halfway through how um, David Norton who plays um, David in the film, he's like in a hole in the ground, which you can imagine now, can't you? Actually, he'd be, yeah, of course, he'd yeah. be through the floor and his little head would be popping up. But at the time, they were trying to work out how they were going to do this this, this creature feature with the, the brightest of lights. I mean, this is not dark. No, it's not in the no. dark. He's in a flat with all the lights on. You are watching every piece of that transformation, the nails, the hands, the legs the hair growing you know you see the hair growing on, on the body um, and the time lapse that, that that goes through so that was the um academy award for for best makeup and and rightly deserved david norton mm. what else would i know him from you know what i don't know i don't know and griffin dunn or dune i think it's Dunn. Mm-hmm. um i don't know him from i know he has been in other things but for me they're just these people <laughs> it's like a lot of them like i know jenny agatha's in like call the midwife now and obviously she's bobby in the railway children but to me she is you know nurse price uh see i remember from um Do you remember walk about yeah mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was just uh, it was one of those films that was i remember it being advertised on tv it must have been like probably oh, it can't have been the premiere because that would have been like Mid nine, it was mid nineties when I saw it and saw it on TV, and there was an advert that ran for ages, like coming up is what, and it just the kid saying, "Don't suppose it matters which way we go." <laughs> um, in my mind, it's film four, but it's probably Channel Four because yeah. that's the sort of film that would show that. But yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm looking on his. I'm sure he um, has done other IMDb, stuff like in the yeah, back I mean, of my head. Still, still, still working, yeah. Still working up until the last couple of years ago. Um, a lot of voice work on um, like video games and things like that. It's been in Grey's mm-hmm. Anatomy, Sharknado Five. I mean, wow. global swarming. God. Um, the Doctor as well. Yeah, the do- the Doctor is very recognised. But is it Woodbine? Is the name Woodbine? I uh, can't remember. I hadn't realised until I watched it again tonight. I think, but I've, it's all I've obviously forgotten. Mm. Just how much of a role he plays. That he listens to David. He has a twinkle in his eye when he talks to the the nurses, um, particularly Alex when he's sort of he knows that she's sort of hanging around and she's finding David attractive, yes. and he's kind of going, you know, you must have things to be doing, Nurse Price, and all of this sort of thing. But you can see there's like a wry smile, and then he he you know he goes on about someone I don't know if it's Roger or someone like that that he doesn't want to talk to. I love the dialogue where 
that person's like ringing and his secretary's like saying, oh, I've got so-and-so on the phone. You know, tell him I've passed away, an old <laughs> war wound. You know, that sort of stuff. I love I love that dialogue. And I, he John be- Woodvine's still with us. That's it. That's it. John, John Woodvine, is it? Yeah, John right, Woodvine. Woodvine. And I just love the idea that he listens to David, he takes on board what he's saying, and then he has the nose to start looking into. He drives up to East Proctor and so then we can we go back and we see those people again i love the the class element that that brings as well because when the boys go into the pub they're not treated particularly in a, in a welcoming way now he isn't either but the bar bar lady the the landlady she calls him sir and love and there's a reverence to it yeah and other the men so glover and the other guy they again there's a reverence and they call him sir and it's i find that really interesting the the difference when we go back to weeks proctor how Mm. they treat him as this doctor as this very well-spoken man from from london so he's done a lot of work with the rsc he's from um south shields oh is he yeah (laughs) amazing but I think just down the road from us. Yeah, so, that's amazing. Hmm, I'm trying to work out where where else I would have We're seen going, him in. Yeah. I mean, he's in a lot of things that you would have seen. Is it sort of like Midsummer Murders and that sort of stuff? I sort of imagine I mean, him in that. Certainly in that. I mean, he's, in, he's the Archbishop of York in The Crown. Oh, is he? It was an episode of Vera because obviously, obviously, he was. yeah, of course he is. Um, interestingly, he mm-hmm. was in Burke and Hare. Oh right, and that's obviously a Landis Lewis. Landis film. It's a shame that film. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it didn't really work for me, that film. Have you seen that? I've seen bits of it, but I then heard on the grapevine that it wasn't great, and I think I didn't really want to sully the whole whole length, because it it would have been a dark comedy again, Mm. particularly given the the themes of Burke and Hare. Still one's at 93, though. Wow, wow, 93. God, good innings, yeah. Do you know what I enjoyed a a lot about this? Mm -hmm. Um... The posters on the underground. Yeah. Did you see that there was a, a prominent... I mean, obviously, there is posters for See You Next Wednesday. Yes. And there is posters for Airplane, which I mm-hmm. find very yes, interesting. Yes, I saw that, yeah. Because John Landis worked very closely with Zuckerberg mm-hmm. and Zucker. Mm-hmm. Um, so two of your favourite... Three of your favourite filmmakers working know, with John Landis. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, but my favourite bit was an advert for London's first hamburger restaurant. <laughs> saw that and there were loads of them weren't they going yeah, up the like a wimpy I yeah, think it was a wimpy, like wimpy yeah and I was like just mm-hmm. the concept of Calais yeah Boot, get, get on a booze cruise yeah get Kristen Mammoth over there <laughs> and uh, dad used to do that all the time it's amazing isn't it when mm. you and I love the one it's one of my favourite scenes from the I mean every scene I love every scene in it you know I could I could pick so many of them but that one in particular, because when you go down to the tube now, I and mean, that's Tottenham Court Road, I mean, we, we used to go to London quite a lot before yeah. we um had a wee one. And I and, and before we got together, I would go down to London quite frequently and sort of do film locations, go to the musicals and things like that. So I've always really enjoyed going to London. And I remember walking around the tube stations and just all I could think of was... Wonder if this is the one where they filmed *Broken <laughs> Wonder if this is the one they filmed because many of the tube stations look like yes. look like that when they they, they, they haven't the tiled changed walls and... the tiled walls and 
and we thought there was a um because the guy who then gets killed in the tube he goes and gets something out of like a machine that's on the platform yeah. for 20p we thought it was a cigarette machine didn't we when we were watching it we always sort of said oh is that a cigarette machine because there's um adverts for marlborough on the wall of the tube which you just wouldn't get now you just yeah, you no. don't have that advertising but it wasn't it looked like it was um, some sort of chewing gum but so it's like 20p and 20p for a paper as well so all the things are quite interesting but two pound sixty for a even I think it was a, it 280, adult, wasn't it? 280 for the circle. Oh, uh, right. £2.60 for the stalls. For, for your adult film. Like, I can go to <laughs> the Odeon down the road for a fiver, like off peak. I mean, that seems that seems, that seems like a like. Oh, it's sort of, well, it's, it's inflation. I mean, London, it's London, though, It's London it? prices. Yeah. It's that idea as well, though, is it? Doesn't it show you how much things have changed? That that was right in the centre of Piccadilly Circuit. I realise it's not like in inverted commas real I re- realise you know that that, is, that has been created for the, for the film but the idea that that would just be there in Piccadilly Circus and some of the other shops that you see that clearly are proper shops that are there mm. it, just how much the area has been I'm going to use the word gentrified gentrified well I mean it was <laughs> a service it just, that gentlemen yeah, yeah. I mean certainly around Manchester and things like that mm. in the north there was a lot of like if you knew where to look, there was an adult theatre mm-hmm. anywhere around, and the internet's killed that need mm. now. I mean, I suspect there are theatres for people who still want to be around an audience when they're watching these films, but that that concept though, I find not that concept. That concept in the film, I think, is just I find it fascinating to watch that when he's and this is what I mean about that mix of sex and death. Mm. That you're know, sitting in this um, really like seedy establishment. You've got the <laughs> just a terrible flick on in in the book. I mean, it's so it's as comedic, isn't it? It's so comedic. when it's, the the guy comes in and goes, "You said you'd you never do this again." And then the guy goes, "No, I didn't." He's like, yeah. "Not you." And she, I've never seen you before in my life. And it's very wooden, yeah. like the acting, and purposefully so. Way. Yeah. Purposefully so, but in the background you're hearing lots of noises going on, whilst David is speaking to his friend's corpse, and Jack is then introducing him to all the people who he's killed as a werewolf the night before. Yeah. And so you have juxta- juxtaposed against the the sounds going on in the background of people having a lovely time, and also these people giving him examples of how he might take his own life now suicide is not funny and i think we need to say that very clearly that that is not where the humor is but it's that juxtaposition of he's going oh my god you know i'm cursed cursed to be a werewolf so we're in this fantasy land and then you've got these people who were covered in like red there's lots and lots of blood lots of gore yes really cheerfully saying to him a gun a knife (laughs) and but with the sounds of the film going on in the background and there's something so and it's not funny that and then like pains to like put a massive disclaimer Mm. it's not funny the the concept of it but who comes up with that idea of of putting all of those things together and it working it just really worked enough i think someone was asking me the other day about 
what is it about some of the things that I read and some of the things that I write when I'm talking about death and grief, which I do a lot of these days? What is it that sort of sets the things that I like apart and the way that I talk about grief? Sort of, is it how is it different with mm. the people I got asked that question the other day? And when we were sort of unpacking that, it was very much to do with the humour because the experience of what we, for example, and other people who have had a bereavement have gone through is not funny. But there is so much humour around the experience of death and grief and bereavement and some things are just funny. They're funny because it could roll your eyes a bit. They're funny because sometimes you need humour in those circumstances. Oh, I mean, we... We... This is going to sound stupid to a lot of people, but the day that the day that our son Henry died, we spent a lot of time laughing just mm-hmm. at how fucking ludicrous the entire situation was. <laughs> you walked out of the you walked out of the hospital, got in the car, and there was a big poster across the wall saying, "But me- memories of your child's first years." Come and, come and get a photograph yes. taken. And we were like, and then yeah all the inappropriate songs came on the all radio. the inappropriate I mean, Eric Clapton's Tears in Heaven came on the, mm. you know one of the first songs to come on the radio which obviously is about Clapton losing a child and you know you can't you can't make these things up and they're not funny but sometimes you've just got to kind of go our world it is a protection how is that? method yeah I mean, of course even, it is even now I mean, we make jokes to each other that are very very dark and yes we wouldn't make in front of other people, no. but it's it's our way of it's our coping way. and that's the dark, yes. and I wonder whether that in itself mm. that that level it's so dark the human he's coming from a position where he's just been in a phone box, he's tried to ring his parents to to say goodbye, and instead he gets his ten year old sister yeah who he ends up calling her creep because she's like why why are you being silly and oh I'm not being silly you creep and then he's telling her he loves her and no, you, we all know full well she doesn't really understand the concept of what happens yeah. and then he goes to take his own life in, in this, this phone box so you, you're coming from that over into the mm. adult theatre and, and, and it's just that juxtaposition I, I think it just speaks to me in a way that I can't quite quite explain but that is the horror comedy you know that's yeah. And a lot of people have had a problem with the tonal shifts and a lot of the criticism over the years has been that Landis doesn't know what he wants it to be. Is it funny one minute? Is it dark the next? Are we dealing with um, suicide one minute? Are we dealing with people dying in around the back of someone's house or on the tube? And, and then the next minute he's wearing a coat, a lady's coat, that you know, and hiding behind a bush. That for me is part of the joy I'm, of the film. I'm, I'm fine with that. I mm. think that's yeah. I don't have a problem with that. Mm. I mean, the only time where I felt it, where I felt oof, that's aged badly. Obviously, there is the there is the discussion of someone taking their own life, which as you mm. say is an extremely serious matter. Um, and I think at some point there is, at some one point there is a discussion about should it be some is it someone who that that loves you that should be the person oh, okay, that takes yeah. your life. Yeah. And I all I thought at that time was, yeah, if this was remade now, they'd probably do it into some awful allegory about assisted suicide or oh, this. right, oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. Yes. But I mean mm-hmm. the only time I felt oh, f- wouldn't do that now mm-hmm. is there is a use of the F word. Not that one, the other one. Yes, the other one. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Which I mean, it seems to be it that seems to be a very Americanism. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we 
would use a different word, a P word mm. in the UK at the time. Mm. And yeah, I mean, I watch a lot of old wrestling, and it is absolutely used as a crowd chance to, oh, really? to, to yeah, because it, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't the taboo word that it is now. I think. Although he is using it because he, he's shouting expletives and he's shouting bad things in the middle of Trafalgar. So I think we should explain that's yes. the scene. Yeah. So he's, so he's making us he's casting aspersions about the royal family is what yeah. he's saying but he's using words that would be would be offensive because he's trying to get arrested so the so we do know the film does know that that is not a good word yeah because he's using it to try and get arrested but i understand yeah i understand that is that's americanism but he's american i don't know why he didn't just punch the policeman because i feel well, that would be that's an I think, easy way i think to he's get. what he's trying what he's trying to say is that he's not violent he's not a violent person so he's using language mm. to try and get arrested because he knows that these things would not be. I don't think well... it'd be that difficult to get arrested. <laughs> well, yeah. that's what the other police yeah. says. It's not that hard to get arrested in London. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, yeah. There's yeah. There are some things that I think just haven't quite yes quite gone with with the times. Um, the what did you think of the because we said we would come back to this the use of the sort of the Nazi werewolves um with David being Jewish and um his family clearly being Jewish and having um Jewish heritage and obviously Landis being Jewish as well. I mean, I didn't pick up on that until four seconds ago. But, oh, really? Um, yeah, I mean that that's. I mean, yeah, a lot of people talk about that yeah. as being part. You know, um, maybe um, Landis having something to say, or and some people have have seen it as a. Um, you've used the word allegory, um, so I'm going to use it as well. So it's an allegory for um, the persecution of Jewish people. I, mean, I can under, I can understand that. That's mm. yeah. I mean, the thing that disturbed me most about that scene was how slowly his dad walked to the door. <laughs> like, <laughs> really stressed me out. Someone like get the door. Is that really, well, really it's building tension, out. isn't it? Yeah, but he just gets up and has a little dawdle across, <laughs> like. I, I, it is setting up the fact that there's this lovely family and then we're building and building and building. See who comes in and there's some horrible werewolves. To walk across the door. Mm-hmm. Genuinely, that was the most stressed out I got in that film. This film was <laughs> Not even when just... he wakes up from his dream but hasn't actually woken up from his dream. No, no, no. I mean, that's that's well done. The, where the, where the uh, other Nazi zombie comes mm-hmm. from out of the... from behind the curtain. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's very well done, but it, it doesn't... It, it didn't it didn't shock me in any way oh, I think really? that's yeah okay. it, I, I don't know why but yeah it still does to me it's still even though I know it's coming I think oh, that okay. double yeah. I think that might be the thing it, it came out of nowhere to me yeah. so therefore it's oh wow okay yeah, yeah yeah do you know the history of See You Next Wednesday um no I don't obviously I know that it's playing off See You Next, Next Tuesday, Tuesday. Yeah. Um, yeah we all know what that that is so. and it's a recurring theme in all of John Landis's films or oh, a lot of John Landis's okay. films so I think his first film Schlock it's mentioned in it but mm-hmm. it's in Kentucky Fried Movie which mm-hmm. is I loved that film like maybe 20 years ago mm-hmm. I imagine it doesn't hold up that well it's kind of like a sketch comedy mm-hmm. um, in the, it, it's, it's as if you are just flicking through the channels of um, just yeah watching loads of different like there's commercials there's like as if you're watching like a TV show and then you change the channel and then mm-hmm. a, a film will be on and stuff like that or a news report or something like that. Um, and in that, then someone visits a, another movie theatre with See You Next Wednesday, but it's it's in in Trading Places. I think it's on a poster on Jamie Lee Curtis's wall. It's a poster in Coming to America. It's a poster in Blues Brothers. 
You really haven't seen a lot of John Landis. I really haven't, have no, yeah. Maybe we'll watch Kentucky Maybe Fried Movie one yeah. day for a date night and we'll see just exactly how that holds up. Yeah, I would I would like to watch it more because I feel there's a big big hole there. And if I like this set kind of humour, mm. then I feel that I I would like his other... Because, you know, it, it'll be... I'm presuming it's going to be a similar type of humour, but maybe without the darkness, and maybe that's the bit that I love the most. Yeah, and um, just about, yeah. See You Next Wednesday was my username on a whole city message board wow. that I used to frequent many moons ago. See, look, we're just so connected. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know. I, I think it's because it was notoriously foul-mouthed. So, mm-hmm. like, if anyone knew came along, mm-hmm. like, someone would just reply with... Really? Yeah, just it became almost like a. a He's frequenting some old things. Yeah, and well, I think the way that people reacted to that kind of told how well they would get on there. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. (laughs) No. Different times. Different, different time, different people. I think. Different times. I mean, only fifteen years ago, like so. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anything else to? Anything else to say? Not really. No, no I can't no. think of anything else. Um, no, I think it's it's a great film. It's mm-hmm. it's four and a half stars for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it needs an extra five minutes on the end and just oh, a tight. Oh, you, you want an extra five minutes on the end and taking oh. ten away in the middle? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I didn't get that. I thought it was take ten away in the middle and that's that's I think it. It needs an extra five at the end just to, to, to what? What would you be doing? Because I think the fact the the speed at which this ends just takes away any emotion from it. I think it's just bleak. I think it's like I think that's the emotion of it. It's like he's if dead, it's bleak, and that's the end of it. If it's bleak, I think it 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 allows you to ponder on it. Whereas now we get the Marvels just blah 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 blah. Mm. blah, blah what would you want to see? Sort of like Alex Price, the nurse. Don't know. I'm not a filmmaker. Yeah, I'm not okay. a filmmaker. Okay. So no, just interesting. But, what what else you would want or maybe go back to East Proctor or something like that maybe mm. maybe maybe I don't seeing know seeing something on the news yeah I, mm-hmm. I don't know but it I mean I don't want to see like the undead going through mm. the mortal oh but you do but, yeah I yeah. forgot about but, that yeah, yeah. I, but it seems like it seems like bad filmmaking the fact that it just ends right and I can't, mm. yeah, I can't put my finger on what I would need at the mm. end. Mm. But you, think but, you yeah, want I something. Yeah, I need something just to, something. yeah. Mm. What I would love is a um, a TV show where Dr. Hirsch and Alex do like a, a double act of looking into things, like a supernatural, you know, a bit like Jonathan Creek, but with like the supernatural. Um, I was thinking of this as I was watching, I was like, oh, I'd love to see those two together with her. I'm sorry. It's a terrible trophy, but her's like the sidekick and Dr. Hirsch, and then travelling around Why can't the country. Why can't she be the lead? Yeah, well, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's what I'm well, thinking. No, like, that's not, terrible, isn't it? That's, that was my own internalised misogyny. So, yeah, I was watching it, especially when they're in the taxi together and they're going to find David. I thought, oh, that would be brilliant having those two together. Honey. <laughs> that's a reference just for anyone at home um, who might still be listening. Probably no one now. Um, to a oh, why do I want to say McFly? It's not McFly. It's busted, it, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. It's busted. It's, busted. it's a song called Who's David? And every time something like this comes up, it's Mark also, likes to ask me the question. It's also a reference to two years ago when we did um the Lost Boys as your oh, thing, yeah. where someone actually asked Who's David? It's who's David? And the yeah. answer is the boy who lives. The boy next lives, door. lives next door. Yeah. Well, it, not in this film, he doesn't. Final question. Right, go on. Actually, I've got two more things to say. Oh my god. Um, 
Have you ever seen American Werewolf in Paris? No, I haven't. So I've ne- I've never never seen that at all. I understand that's not the worst decision you've ever made, mm. but uh, but I do um, like a dodgy sequel. I just haven't haven't done mm. it with this. And the second question. And Warren C. Fawn's Werewolf of London. Mm-hmm. That really reminds me. That just it's completely separate to this, but it completely reminds me of Hull because in Hull there is a real problem getting taxis, as you Massive. will know from <gasps> when you've visited and we've gone out on a night. I just out. don't understand it. Yeah. When you be, when you're from like a big city, like obviously being like from Newcastle, you can just get it and I. I can get my phone out now and see where all the taxis are in the area, yeah. and I could get one here to our house in like five minutes. But when you're in Hull, like I, f- I find that it might fascinating. Have now. Like, yeah, it might have changed. But when we back taxi, when we were going yeah. out, you we would like stand there for eight, like stand in a queue. So one thing that like locals do mm-hmm. is on the end of a night out, you would go to the local casino, Napoleon's. Mm-hmm. It's a members-only casino, and you go in and you have a couple of pints and you have a game of blackjack. And then you can get a taxi from there because have just a constant pool of taxis come up and you. Is there like up. a phone that you ring one up from? No, no, or you, is don't, it just you don't even you? need to. So like, mm-hmm. if it's quiet, then they'll just girls on reception just phone one up for you. But if like it, when it gets oh, to like, when it gets to a Saturday it? night, there's just a constant line. <laughs> okay. So you probably queue in for twenty minutes or whatever. But nice. you're warm and there's like yeah. bouncers there and stuff like that. But in Napoleon's, every night. Like probably every hour they would play Wells of London, which should not be on their CD that they always play through. That and um, I have been back for years by Steely Dan, I think it is. Oh, no, I can't really. Uh, well, anyway, mm, okay. we'll go. We'll go again. Lovely. I'm sure they're playing it. There's good food as well. There's good food. Yeah, I know. I've been yeah. with you. I don't remember standing and getting a taxi outside but we probably did we 100 percent did yeah because that's <laughs> that's part of the thing and there's always people who try and sneak in just to just come in, in and cab. just get a taxi mm-hmm. so like the bouncers wow. will see it's how funny, isn't that how in. the places just work yes little things that you need to know mm, yeah really in the years by mm. steely dan that's the stuff yeah yes. <sighs> right well, have a lovely Halloween. Ha- Happy Halloween, everyone. Um, don't forget to put your batteries in afterwards, otherwise you'll miss your um, you'll miss Amazon deliveries yeah. on <laughs> Tuesday morning. <laughs> I wonder if anyone else does that. Like, I don't know any... Like, when we say this to our friends, everyone sort of looks at us like we're, like, proper bar humbugs, aren't we? And, like, oh, do you not just get, like, a big bag of sweets to get... No. No, I mean, we don't. We our, literally hide. Our street is like on our street, and it's less so this year. I think yeah. COVID's kind of like kind of accentuated yeah, everything. Yeah. But now, but for a couple of years, we were like the one yeah. house where the one nothing house, happens. Nothing. I mean, the people next door put little gravestones out in their garden, and yeah. there's full on like actually just down the road. Actually, I've seen it. They've put great big almost like spiders webs yes, coming off down, their house yeah. there's a there's a house down the road from us that always has amazing like a light show essentially and then there's the, when you come down our street there's all these lights there's all these things and then there's our yes, house yeah. in the middle yeah. <laughs> I th- I'm sure that'll change as the years go on <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> right well thank you guys thank you everyone we will be back soon we will I know we say yeah. this every time but we are but we are yes we've got some, got some exciting things coming up actually that we'll yeah. not talk about now but there's some really good stuff happening for us on, on the old podcast yes. so um, that'll be that'll be coming up and we will be doing some TV film we've, we've been watching quite a bit recently so yeah we'll yeah, be catching up I'm also up. catching up for like stuff I've missed for mm-hmm. end of year lists so yeah. um, we're yeah, about we're coming up to that as well yeah. so we'll be doing our Doing our list shortly as well. I've 
seen 10 TV shows this year, which wow. I was worried at one point that I might not have actually done so. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I can make a top 10. So if you'd like to follow us, we are on Twitter and Instagram at The Honeymoon Pod. And you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or a star rating on Spotify. That would be absolutely brilliant. And it really helps us and helps the show. Mm. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.